welcome all and get your popcorn ready because for the 28th episode of the real spotlight podcast i will be chatting with somebody from across the pond in the uk sarah from popcorn chat on instagram and youtube we discuss a variety of movie and tv topics while learning all about sarah we even have a brief chat on an iconic british food staple hope you enjoy the show hey sarah welcome to the real spotlight hello thank you for having me on this amazing podcast <laughs> amazing yes yes it is i'm just kidding uh thank you for joining me we've been trying to get this recording in for some time and i'm happy we are finally ready to talk some movies mm-hmm. yeah the time zones have finally allowed us to align and talk across the pond yeah you are my first uh guest from the uk well kieran from pretentious film club he's british but he lives in australia now so uh, you're yeah. the first person who is actually in the uk <laughs> Yeah, being got, my guest. got a lot, a lot to represent there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, first things first, let me ask you the standard question I asked all my guests. Do you remember what movies you watched as a kid that got you into becoming a fan that you are today? I definitely remember when I was a really young child, my mom used to put me in front of the TV and watch VHS tapes just like on repeat. I remember the first summer trip I went to was Mulan you know, Disney's oh. Mulan, and I worked out, I was like, I must have been three years old, and the thought of going to the cinema as a three-year-old now is scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember ever since then, just loving films. I would watch probably films that are much older. I remember watching like Blues Brothers, um, films that I should have watched at such a young age, but a lot of musicals and just things on repeat constantly. So like, yeah, loads of variety of films have always been there such a, since such a young age. So I've always just, yeah, had a passion for watching films. So were those movies available like your mom had in the house that you didn't have to yeah. rent or she owned them already? Yeah, we did. We did rent videotapes. But yeah, these ones that she owned or like, I don't know if you had it in the States, but you could like order VHS tapes through the post. So I remember when we ordered Grease and it came through the post and we put it straight on on the VHS tape on the TV and watched that as a family. Yeah, it was a wild time. Wow, I did well, I didn't know that. Yeah, here it was just Blockbuster or your local mm. video chain. Yeah. But you didn't get to order movies on the mail until Netflix started doing yeah. the DVDs yeah, in the yeah. early 2000s. Is there any movies that you loved as a kid that you still love as an adult? Oh, there's got to be loads. There's loads okay. of films that I go back and watch like for nostalgia. Uh, I guess an example that I always bring up like is the Scooby-Doo movie, the live action one. Okay. Oh. I watched that as a lot as a child. Again, like, yeah, any Disney Renaissance films, always loved them. Yeah, there's, there's got to be loads, like, especially like that sort of, when you're sort of nine, ten, there's loads of films that I loved. School of Rock, you know, anything from that time. A real, real range, but yeah, I I love, like, whether they're kids' films or I just saw them really young. Um, I love returning to them, like, because it makes me feel really nostalgic and, like, yeah. comfortable. It's not, sometimes you hear that music and you're like, oh, I'm back to being a little kid. But there's some like, I, maybe I'm just a narcissist and be like, wow, I like this piece of junk when I was 10. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you, you see it in a in a, an adult mature way. You're like, wow, this movie is pretty bad. And yeah. well, I grew up watching a lot of action movies with my brother. Hmm. And some of those action movies are just, you're little, you're like, wow, this is exciting. There's fighting. But then when you're like 30 or 40, like me, I'm like, Oh, this acting's horrible. 
yes. <laughs> the dialogue stinks and you're like but now you just skip to like the action parts and like i don't need to see the whole movie hmm. so there's another question i ask because most of the people that i have as guests i know from instagram mm-hmm. and the question is when did you begin your page and did you start your channel on youtube based off instagram Ooh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think what came first. But I definitely was one of these people who started doing film reviews online in lockdown in 2020. Yeah. Um, so I definitely started it then. I think a friend encouraged me to do it, a um, mutual friend. And he was like, oh, you know, you should make a dedicated Instagram. Um, and then eventually I did do a dedicated YouTube. I started posting reviews on my like personal YouTube. And they're doing okay, but I was like, okay, maybe I should make a separate dedicated channel i can post whatever i want it's not yeah. blending with like my old like high school kind of videos so yeah 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 they were both made in 2020 so around the same sort of time i'd say it's it seems like every single person i've had on it's the same thing well during covid i just started doing my page or yeah. i started this like it's nothing to do might as well talk about movies Pretty much all that spare time. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I might just watch more stuff and talk about it. So it was a great time to do it, really. Were you shocked like me to find out there were so many pages dedicated to movies? Yeah, 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 definitely. And it was interesting, like when I first went on to film my Instagram, I thought I had to be a certain way. Like, you know, people doing like these nice layouts and stuff. And then, yeah, it was interesting finding different niches, people, you know, who had like Blu-rays or yeah. did talking to camera. Like it was it was such a big world I'd never heard about. I heard of like film Twitter before and like you yeah. know, people being quite sort of pompous, shall we say, on there. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, it was really interesting to see the Instagram side of it. A terrible thing happened, the whole world got locked down, but all of a sudden like IG just flourished with movie accounts. Yeah, a lot of positive stuff came out of that. Like, if I didn't make that account, like, I don't know if I'd still be doing the reviews now, or maybe not had the same connections like, yeah. with yourself and like some mutuals we have. Um, yeah, it would have been a different group of people. I feel. Here's a question I asked my last guest, Elliot from Movie Files, and I think I'm going to ask everybody because I think it's a good one. <laughs> when it comes to you, when you're reviewing a movie, what does a film need to have for you to give it a positive score? Um, I would say that I kind of look at the whole approach because um, in my day job, I'm a camera operator and video editor. So mm-hmm. I kind of had that behind the scenes knowledge. So I'm very much looking at like, you know, camera movements or editing techniques, maybe a little bit different to a lot of people. Um, so I try and think it's the whole approach. But obviously the core of it, it always is like story for me. Does it catch me in, you know, that kind of right way? Does it make me emotional? Can I, you know, yeah attach myself to these characters if it has that i think i'm sort of drawn in doesn't matter what genre it is i try and keep my sort of films really broad the ones that i watch so yeah a lot of my favorites are loads of different genres you know horrors uh international cinema dramas comedies so yeah it's gotta have story and shot nicely and edited nicely and yeah, obviously performed really well. It's got to have, you know, yes. kind of, I was going to say it has like, it has to have that spark, I guess, to kind of make it different from everything else. One of my pet peeves is terrible acting. <laughs> I, I I don't care how great the movie looks, but mm. I don't understand why these directors will have like these extras 
um oh, yeah. has saved throwaway lines i remember avatar the sequel the was a way of water yes. and you had the military uh, not spoiler alert you had the military guys from part one have you seen the movie i've not seen it but please spoil okay okay so (laughs) you're not gonna watch it so the military guys from part one they somehow uh get technology so they're now navi right you have the main main villain the main guy which Mm -hmm. is he's over the top and just annoying but then you have the grunts that all they do is like yeah yeah and they just like blurt out stupid shit silence just be quiet you don't we don't need you to talk and, and but and then there's some movies that are have awful plot, but then I'll give it a pass because all the actors just like they knocked it out of the park. Are you, you biased know? like towards like your favorite director or actors? Do you think? Yeah, oh, that too. You're like, hmm. I, I hate to say this, but I cannot stand Vin Diesel. <laughs> I haven't seen one Fast and Furious movie. And I've seen the first people, one, and that's it. Yeah, people say you need to watch. I'm like, I can't because you know what? I it's not gonna be fair to him because I'm just gonna shit on it. <laughs> And it's and then you have people like you know I, I grew up obviously in the eighties and I, with Spielberg and I there's some movies even though his last few ones I I've loved I'll defend him more you know even mm-hmm. if it's not like a top tier movie well you try to find the silver lining in every movie yes. of your favorite director and actor you like cinematography so amazing the score. <laughs> Forget about the awful plot. <laughs> Didn't That's you see I think the about, editing? Um, Blade Runner 2049. Like, I love Denis Villeneuve, but I'm like, the plot? I don't love. <laughs> you posted a review of Oppenheimer, which I disagree, obviously, because I think it's great. But I did agree with your take on Florence Pugh. That's the part that I did not like at all. Mm. I think it was completely bungled her usage in the movie okay we know in reading this history about this person real life person she was important to his life okay if you want to show that but i don't need to see them both naked talking and i and i've seen interviews with her where she's like i'm fine with it i was cool i i enjoyed it but you know i'm not gonna say anything in her part but i don't know it was just i didn't hear anything that was said in that scene because i was so distracted I'm like what is this it was so out of character for a Christopher Nolan film. I was like, oh, yeah, because you never see. He, I don't think you've he uses any kind of nudity at all. Not really. Uh, anyway, I, I could see everybody commenting on thing, and I wrote a comment on it, and I got like fifty people replying to me, like, "You're an idiot." I'm like, okay. I know people are going crazy, but I just kind of like turned my phone off for a few days. I was like, I let it be. I was like, you know, I don't want to get to my to my head really um but then like you say you can kind of spin it and like you know thanks for like the seventeen thousand views and the interactions and people yeah. kept coming back and like replying to like your comment or other people's comments i was like hey i'll take it <laughs> i don't know if i saw your uh thoughts on barbie did you like it i did enjoy it i really okay. really liked it yeah in terms of the barbenheimer i was definitely more barbie <laughs> yeah um yeah no i loved it it was super super fun it's the only film i've given five out of five this year um and if you know me i don't give five out of five stars a lot so yeah yeah i had such a good experience watching it i watched it like the saturday morning of opening weekend um yeah i just had a smile on my face the whole way through if not i was crying like i was just so emotional in it as well i enjoyed Um, it it was just so self-aware and 
the the fact that you have the narrator who was Helen Mirren. She's yeah. like, yeah, you're too pretty to be, yeah. <laughs> like, to use Margot Robbie. Like, she was the perfect person to have in this role. And I, I saw an article saying that Amy Schumer dropped out. I don't know if Amy Schumer mm-hmm. was casted as, like, Barbie or she was just in the movie. Uh, but anyway, we thought to bullet on because I, I think she's she's annoying for yeah, some reason. Yeah, she's not my favorite kind of comedic actress, to be So honest, I think so. Robbie was the perfect person. And the star of the show for me was Ryan Gosling because he was so, oh, yeah. like, into it. He was 100,000% yeah. invested in bringing this dude. Definitely, yeah. I loved him because, like, I've seen him do a few comedy roles with, like, the nice guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was excited to see him do that again. But, yeah, like you said, he definitely stole the show. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of equal. Like, he was probably in it sometimes more than Barbie was. But, like, yeah. Margot Robbie did what she needed to do, I think, for the character. So, yeah, there were some parts that I that were kind of forced at the end. But I think I, I'd said yeah. it in another podcast. But by the time it gets to the end, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to weigh that down because of a silly, silly joke. Yeah, um, if I really think about it. I'm sure there's flaws, but. I had just had such a, such a good experience from it. I was like, yeah, five stars. So fun. So I mentioned to you before we started recording, I saw you posted a quick review of A Strange Way of Life. Yes. Um, and I did watch it the other day. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a 30-minute short starring Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal, uh, directed by Pedro... I always forgot how to say his name. Amoldovar? Amoldovar, yeah. Pedro Amoldovar. I saw, like I said, I saw your vid, but let the listeners know what your thoughts on it. Okay, let's preface this that I went into this film because I have an obsession with Ethan Hall. <laughs> so I <laughs> went with does a colleague. It? I was a colleague from work who loves Pedro Pascal. So I was like, this is a perfect pairing. Um, yeah, so I went into this film hopeful when I read the synopsis. I was like, okay, right, we're going to get what we want. Um, I love Pedro as well as the director um i think it was i think it was good and i like the kind of subtleties of it you know showing not telling and then i watched the q a afterwards i don't know if you had the same um with the director no and um he was sort of saying how oh it was like the fashion designer saint laurent like came over and was like oh we want to do this film with you so it's all a bloody big fashion advert for 30 minutes like all the clothes they're wearing is design i was like oh that kind of loses it a little bit for me but yeah. um they, they look nice the, everything was nice about it um yeah I, I i enjoyed it um it was a little bit simple i wanted more story like 30 yes. minutes is way too short it was yeah there was a little romance there but you didn't really see too much it was all implied about things in the past and stuff. yeah ethan hawk i thought was pretty bad and again like you know the silver lining what we're saying just now like you know i love his work i try and look for good stuff but i was like pedro pascal was the better performer in this definitely um, it seemed like ethan was trying a little bit too hard it felt mm. a little stale at times you know and then pedro has the more like it comes out of his his soul a little bit oh yeah definitely yeah he was and, feeling it i think the whole sort of yeah so yeah it was good but like not great considering i paid so much money i paid like 15 pounds here which is a lot for a cinema ticket and i was like oh this is really short for a 30 minute (laughs) short yeah (laughs) no i think the amor devoir style he has a signature style and it's Mm -hmm. up in the forefront if you ever seen his movies in the past the visual palette is like so colorful all his movies and the score was good Mm -hmm. i love seeing the 
Hawk and Pascal and on screen together. And, you know, they had the chemistry, but I don't know, for some reason, I wanted more. And maybe because it was, I mean, it was a 31 minutes. The credits started rolling up in like minute 27. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about 25 minutes. I was like, okay, I want more of these two. And then you can't tease me at the end. And then <laughs> leaving me wanting more. And then the credits roll up. I'm like, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> they start talking and they're like, okay, here we go. And then I go, oh shit, I forgot. This is only a freaking 30 minute thing. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see them in this this movie, like in this same story, but I want to see those two in the movie together. Mm. Full length feature. 6.5 out of 10, which is still, I liked it. Mm. But I don't know. I'm like, oh my God, I need to watch it again. Yeah, I'd much rather watch one of his feature films rather than jump back to this, I would say. Let me ask you, Sarah, are you a fan of horror slash Halloween? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. as we're recording, you can see a little, little ghost face in the background. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask is I got a, a few, a couple questions uh, from listeners about Halloween. So I thought I just might as well just ask you. Cool. Uh, so both questions are from movie underscore lover 92. His first question is your favorite Halloween candy. Oh, this is going to be like a cultural difference, I think, especially yeah. in the UK. I say, because you could say like chocolate, like a chocolate thing, or you could actually go candy. Yeah. Um, we're going to go sweets, I guess I would say. They have like these rainbow like stripes. I don't know what they're called, but they're kind of sour, like sour, chewy sweets. Mm-hmm. They're just called rainbow stripes. They're okay. like really cheap. And then if it was like chocolate, I would say... um like a Mars, a Mars bar or a Kit Kat, something like that. Oh, Kit Kat is amazing. Uh, growing up, did you trick or treat? The thing is, it's not massive here in the UK. Yeah, I did that's what I was asking. Ta- yeah, a few times. Um, yeah, it's like it's not massive at all here. Um, but I did do it a few times. Yeah. Did you ever get like full size candy bars like they do here sometimes? <laughs> they do like little mini bags here. Yeah, yes. So that you get like little kid size ones. Ninety nine percent of the candy here is just mini. And like my favorite is so so simple. Like you know, the, my kids are older now, but uh, they would get like the little packages of M and M's. All right, those are gonna be gone yeah. one day. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, where are my M and M's? I'm like, I don't <laughs> think you had any. Yeah, you never you never got any M and M's. Well, the other one I love is uh, Tootsie Rolls. What's that? A Tootsie Roll? No. Oh, okay. It's a little like a chewy chocolate. I'll send you a picture later. Okay. Um, I thought those were pretty famous. That that would be uh, not over here. Yeah, if I get if I see that, I'm gonna pick them all out and eat them all. Nice. So. <laughs> um, all right. Second question is this one's a little tough, and I'll give you some time to think about it. Uh, top three horror films. Oh. Okay. And whatever pops up in your head, you, you know, because that's when you, when you're talking about top three, whatever, you know, it's so hard because then you be like. Oh my god, I forgot to say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm gonna regret probably not saying a film, but yeah, three films. Uh of course I'm gonna have to say Scream, like the OG Scream. It's one of my favorite franchises as a whole, but like the first one is like the most iconic, inspires so many films. That's the only one um, I've seen. I mean, yeah, that's fair enough. Like it is the best one. So But I hear fine. have you seen the last one, the latest one? I have and quite controversially i didn't like the last one a lot at all it was so different Mm. um but yeah as a whole i i do love them though 
and they're that, such a comfort watch for me. There's so many like Saw. Like I watched the first Saw when it first mm. came out, and I haven't seen anything after that. And now there's a Saw yeah. Ten. I'm like, I do I really want to see yeah. nine Saw movies in a period of a week? No, I just think that's too much for my for my head. That's a lot for the system to watch yeah. all that blood and gore. Um, the next one I would say is probably Candyman, the original one. That's just oh right, crazy. there was a there was a reboot, right? A remake. Yeah, they made ago. one. Yeah, a couple years ago, Nia Da Costa made one, which I saw, which was decent. But yeah, they kind of relied on CGI a lot, and I was mm. like, mm. but the first one, Love, uh, with Tony Todd, and then I feel like I need to see. There's always loads that I've missed, like I've yet to see. I gotta go with uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one as oh, well. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, like I, I think that, that yeah. franchise is again. It's so wild as the films go on, <laughs> but the first one is so good. Yeah, it's one of those movies back in the day that you watch and you're like, you're not gonna sleep for a week or. Yeah, the concept to me is terrifying. Like when you're most vulnerable and you can't avoid sleep. Like, yeah, it's so original. So be like, okay he's gonna get you in your dreams so you can't it's crazy yeah. um what about I, you, I, Tony? uh i'm i'm boring like i've said so many times here horror genre is not like my go-to genre so hmm. uh let me see i'm just gonna do exorcist because i, I every time i watch it i love it more hmm. even though that's a weird thing to say about that movie <laughs> I, you know i i every time i watch it, i get something new out of it yes and like the older I got, I realized that the movie was about Father Karras and not oh, the yeah. girl. Yeah, it's exactly. more about his faith. And uh, and that just made it more, you know, I felt more powerful that mm-hmm. seeing it there afterwards. Halloween, 1978. And it's so weird because you don't see Michael at all. <laughs> it's just the music and the threat yeah. of Michael, which in these new ones, he's in the same amount of time, but. It's just not the same. Mm, You know, he didn't need to kill 80 people in the first one to (laughs) scare you. And these new ones are just so, they're so awful. And Mm. this David Gordon Green, when I heard that he was going to do a reboot again of The Exorcist, I go, why? Why this man? Oh, is he directed the new one? Yes. I gave it like a half a star, I think. It was awful. It was was a complete ripoff of the original. It's so blatant, but yeah, I, I hate it. I don't even know why I watched it. I'm like, I guess I gotta watch it. Mm. Um, and then I'm gonna pick a movie that it's not really a horror horror movie, and I just thought of it because I just rewatched it. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I'd say it's got horror elements. I, too, definitely. Yeah, I watched it because I I'm currently doing my top favorite movies on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this movie's gonna be in my top ten no matter what. So. I was just trying to revisit it just to see, like, I, in my post, I put favorite moments, favorite uh, performances. I'm like, I got to watch it again just to pinpoint my favorite moments. And I go, what the hell? Like, Anthony Hopkins, I, I, it's one of the best performances ever. Yeah. And, and He's it's it just such like, a small amount of time, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I think good. it's less than 10 minutes or, uh, yeah. or something like that. He won a freaking Oscar. Well, they all won Oscars, but it's probably the, 10th or 12th time that I watched it but I go wow this is a, a absolute masterpiece of a movie time to chat about past lives uh let me do a brief little synopsis here well the movie is directed by Celine Song 
It's her directorial debut. It starts Greta Lee, uh, Taylor, and John Magaro. So I recently watched The Big Short, and I go, hey, that's the guy from Past Lives. He comes out. He has a little like small part in it, John Magaro. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, that's the only time I've ever seen him in any other movie. So a quick synopsis. Nora and Heysan, two deeply connected childhood friends, are set apart after Nora's family immigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one faithful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. I had so many movies in my top 10, and I didn't want to post a top 10 on my Instagram until I watched this movie because so many people had five star, four and a half on Letterboxd. I think it was like currently at 4.3 or 4.4. And that's pretty high when it comes to Letterboxd. When you see that, you're like, okay, what's going on? I got to watch it. So I watched it. I was completely blown away by it. But before I, like I said, I've already talked about a little bit my last episode. Let's hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, very similar to you, Tony. Just I kind of saw a lot of buzz about it. Um, I was able to catch it a little bit early in the UK. Um, didn't know much going into it. I didn't watch any of the trailers, and I was, I was so surprised. Like you say, like because it's directorial debut. Like I thought, just the whole, the vibes, the cinematography, the performances that Celine is able to get out was insane. Um, it's definitely those slow burner films, oh, which yeah. can be like kind of hit and miss for me. Um like on the pacing wise but um it was still quite a short film i mean it's this is what like near 90 minutes i think it is it's quite short um and yeah it took a while for me to get going into in terms of the pacing of the first two acts especially like you're just waiting for these characters to rejoin but that third act whoa like that payoff like the dialogue the performances all these kind of things left unsaid i was like this is insane like the script writing and directing was so good as it didn't feel like a person who was making their debut as a director it felt yeah. like somebody who has been behind the camera for 25 years yeah it felt and like just a so easy experience it was insane uh i'd be curious to check out her shorts though and see if she's always had that i don't know um, well maybe i i did learn that she i mean i think this is her story because she did immigrate from yes, it's very personal Korea, South Korea to Canada, and then she moved to New York, and she became a playwright. Mm-hmm. And but we don't know if she dealt with that love triangle thing. Maybe she added that, but you can see that it was so seamless. They found shots here that I go, okay, that's lived in New York. It makes it more personal, and I, I'm glad that she got those because I'm just as tired of seeing this. So being from New York, I'm just like. Okay, we get it. We got to see this <laughs> stupid. It's like people showing, you know, Big Ben in the movie. Like, yeah, okay, we exactly. get it. Buckingham Palace. Okay, we've seen mm-hmm. it a million times. But let me ask you this. Do you think, have you seen In the Mood for Love? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> have you seen any of Wong Kar Wai's movies? I don't think I have. No. All right, but right, I think that's on my down. watch list. It always like recommended to me. And I'm like, I know I need to watch it. Yeah, you got well, there are a lot of people who are kind of like comparing it to mm-hmm. past lives. And I it's hard because in the mood for love is an all-time great film. But I can see I think it's a reasonable comparison. I don't know if it's better than in the mood for love, but it's in the conversation. But that's your 
that's your next uh, journey it's is my to homework <laughs> watch this man's filmography okay i will do. uh what I love about this movie that I didn't mention last week is that it has no villains. There's no, like, nobody's lashing out at each other. Mm. Uh, and the fact that it uses awkward silence to tell its story is so, is awesome. Yeah. And awkward. Oh, yeah. You're there with them, aren't you? In that kind of, the breathing room. Because life. you don't look at somebody the way they look at each other. And you're like, mm. oh, yeah, let's be friends. Yeah. See, when I talk about stupid dialogue that's added for stupid action movies, here there's no dialogue. It's just in the eyes of them, 100%. the glances you see between each other, the between them. It's all you need to know that these people deeply care for each other. Mm. Uh, but there's a scene at the end was so beautifully shot in the bar yeah. with Nora and his son yeah. and then the husband. And it just like cuts the framing. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> I'm like I'm putting myself in the shoes of the husband. I'm like, no. okay, what's going on here? Yeah. These After two are such a nice guy. And you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, my wife's making love to this dude with her eyes, <laughs> and I'm just sitting here drinking my cocktail. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, it's mm -hmm. my number one film of the year still, and I just hope that Celine Song gets recognized with at least a. Uh, nomination for screenplay. I don't know if yeah. she'll get it for director because I'm sure we're going to have... It's going to be Scorsese or Bradley Cooper, isn't it? It's going to be... Uh, probably Nolan and then um, even maybe Greta Ger Gerwig gets yeah, a nomination. Maybe. maybe. Uh, but there's only five, so you know there is going to be mm. that shocker in there. But It's going to be a tough one this year, I think. Yeah, I, it's going to be hard one. for her to squeeze in there. Yeah. But well, who knows? Because um, I forgot her name. Who directed After Sun? Oh, Did she get Charlotte. Charlotte someone. Wells. Yeah, Charlotte Wells. Yeah, that's it. Uh, did she get nominated for Best Director? Uh, I think no, but I think the film got nominated. the film did got Best Picture. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be kind of that. That's that's the After Sun of this year. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie, please go see it. I think it's on video on demand now. You can rent it. So where does Past Lives uh, rank for you right now in your, if you did a top 10? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to leave my top 10 for a while because I'm sure there's going to be some that's going to creep in. Um, at the minute, I'd say it's like bottom top 10, maybe mm -hmm. like eight or nine. Um, but I say that, but I keep thinking about it and I've only seen it once. Mm -hmm. And there's been, I've seen a lot of films this year already. And that one's kind of stuck with me and it keeps coming up in conversation with people. So it might change, but yeah, I'd say like eight or nine for me. And what what's your, right now at the moment, what's your number one? I mean, if we're going on rating, it is Barbie. Okay. Barbie is only five star. Um, what else have I loved this year? Did you catch Rylane? I did, yeah. That was nice. Nice yeah. little uh, uh, romantic indie film as well. Yeah, I got that in my top five. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was really sweet. Um, Actually, yeah. I got three that are from the UK in the top ten. I think uh, "Polite Society." I love that movie. Did you check it out? Why well, can't I even remember what that sounds like? What that looks like? It's a uh, uh, two sisters. One, she's like well, she wants to be oh, a martial yeah. arts stunts person. Oh yeah, I met the director of that film randomly oh, yeah. at a film festival, and she was so nice. 
Um, but yeah, that was such a fun film because like yeah, it was so no fun. expectations. Um, yeah, I saw Kate review films post it like she did a review. I'm like, what? And it sounded interesting, and I go, let me watch it. <laughs> I just had a my smile was just it was so like weird but fun weird. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was. This... Yeah, there's a plot twist in it. And I was like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Another, uh, I think UK one is, uh, I think it's from the UK. Yeah, it is. Uh, Blue Jean. Did you check that oh, one out? I love Blue Jean. Yeah. That that's... is like 100% going to be like top five this year. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take a lot to knock that one off. Yeah, I got that on, on number seven. Like I said, like you said, um, there's still quite a bit of films to go. Um, I'm sure Sorsese is going to be in my top 10. <laughs> Emma Stone's new movie with uh, Yorgos. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be high up there. Yeah. What else is coming out? Maestro, I don't know mm, if that so will sure be up there. One. You know, I, I think about Bradley Cooper and I feel bad because I honestly think maybe this is a hot take for you, Sarah. <laughs> I think he should have won Best Actor over Rami. But what role was that? What year? A Star is Born. I've not seen either film. You, ha- you haven't seen Bohemian? And, uh, no, I haven't. Oh, no, I, haven't I was any. so disappointed with Bohemian because um, mm. well, it was a long story. Uh, I love Rami, but I just think it was too, at times, like it felt like he was doing an SNL impression. Mm, the of, teeth. Uh, I remember seeing the teeth. Yeah, the teeth. Like... I-, I will give him credit because that last scene, it's outstanding when they recreate uh, live aid mm. it is awesome um, but i don't think it was enough for him to win best actor i think the fact that bradley cooper uh, taught himself how to do play the guitar sing mm. he directed and acted yeah. in the movie anyway just just watch it <laughs> yeah I need to and, then, and then compare the compare the 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 performances i i, I think he was i don't want to say robbed but uh the same with uh, what i'm thinking now is um the theory of everything Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think about Benedict Cumberpatch, and I go, I wish he would have won Best Actor that year. Yeah. Over yes. uh, Eddie Eddie Redmayne, right? Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did a yeah, great Benedict- job, but I just think uh, for some reason Benedict's in an imitation game, I, I felt more with that character. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. Like, I followed his career. You know, when Sherlock came out and I was like looking, I watched all his like backlog of like filmography and random TV shows he's done. So I've been following him for a while. Um, so, yeah, I just think he's insane. Speaking of Sherlock, I just bought the box set of Sherlock. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Because it's not on Netflix anymore and I can't find yeah. it. It's, I have it uh, on, um, I've got it on DVD down there as well. Yeah, yeah. like you say, it's it's never online. Because I, I, I guess I got, spoiled that it was on netflix for so long mm. and we will my me the kids and my we love it and sometimes yeah. we're like okay it's time to rewatch it let's start from the beginning because yeah. it was in all three episodes of a series mm. and I'm like where's sherlock and then yeah. you, you search for it, you're like 4.99 an episode what is this oh yeah may as well buy uh, it on physical media and yeah and i bought it i think it. it was 29 dollars here for the yeah. for for all of them yeah that's um, good all right, so how do we get to talking about Sherlock? All right, <laughs> let's get back to the show here. All right, let me uh, ask you a few more questions I got from our listeners here. From Travel Enthusiast, 
they asked, what are some of your front runners for best picture at the moment? So we kind of kind of talked about our favorites, mm -hmm. but what do you think is if you had Realistic. to put money on it, who would uh... win best picture? And again, we haven't seen the big ones that have come out yet, but let's say if you're are we just doing nominations? Are we just doing like Yeah, like who who do you think has the best chance to win? Or who who's the front runner of who's gonna get the better odds to win? I guess the the question is is asking. Mm, I think poor things will be up there because obviously yes. he's had like success with the favorite before. Um and I love Yorgos, like I think he's such a great director. So I think he'll be up there again. I think Scorsese will be back there for his latest film. Whether he wins, I don't know. Because they kind of I, did that with Wolf of Wall Street, didn't they? No, he won for The Departed, which he, he should have won. Oh, God, yeah. He should have won Best Director and Best Picture for Raging Bull in 1980. Yeah. He, <laughs> and he should have won for Goodfellas. Yeah. Not for The Departed. That the, for me, The Departed was like, all right, you know, let's give him his lifetime achievement mm -hmm. Oscar. That's what it felt yeah. like. But if this Killer of the Flower Moons is any good at all, or great, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another statue for best director yeah. because he only has one. Like yeah. Spielberg has two, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, you know, I think the Irishman got nothing, yes. zero, yeah. and I thought it was one of his best. But if this movie right here, yeah, I think he'll definitely be in the nominations, hundred percent. Um, who else could be up there? I think what what's yet to come. We get Ridley I, Scott for Napoleon, or is that maybe too? Is that this year, I, or is that coming out next, early next year? I think it is late this year, depending okay. on. Yeah, I think if that's like I said, if it's any, if it's just good, <laughs> they'll yeah. give him a nomination. Yeah, because again, he's Ridley one of those Scott legacy so like directors. 50 /50. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've had issues with his filmography. It goes mm. from oh wow to come on, really. <laughs> yeah, definitely um yeah i'm not sure who else what would you think uh i think oppenheimer uh but again okay. like the academy is not too fond of nolan yeah. if they were going to give him any awards they would have given to him years ago yeah um but who knows now that this movie was so successful maybe it's put more eyes out there mm. uh, maybe this is his year that it wins best picture to answer the question, I think we need, probably need to wait, yeah, and be like, okay, after we see poor things and, and uh, Scorsese's new movie, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe Bradley Cooper's. Who knows? That we've hit a lot of uh, good uh, reactions to it. Uh, this question is from DJ Mark Five Two Eight. What's the best new show you've seen this year? TV show, like a a twenty twenty three release that came out this year. Oh god, this is like the worst question for me because <laughs> I watch old TV shows. <laughs> like I'm stuck in the past. Um, you know. Okay, I, how about how how about let me uh, rephrase the question from like what's a, a a show that had a new season this year that was you thought wow that's their best season. I've been I really liked um Abbott Elementary. Like that's okay. one of my favorite like recent comedies um so that's a new season this year did it take you a while to get into it because no, I, I saw I the first okay i think i've seen the first three and it's still not like hooking me for some reason oh interesting so yeah. i think i think i think i'm just gonna finish the first season and see how where it goes from there because i could see i see so many clips on on tiktok and i go oh, that's funny mm. so maybe that's like season two 
scenes because i haven't seen any yeah. of those pop up yet yeah there's um yeah i i like it i think it's that good kind of uh mockumentary style like if you you know like the office or anything like that i think mm-hmm. you will generally like it um what else has come out we had the new series of always sunny and that's obviously like one of my favorite tv comedies uh which was pretty good wasn't the best but it was good yeah i don't watch many new series did you watch the last of us oh i did yeah it was it was fine it was absolutely fine but i love the game so i was biased i was like yeah. okay you don't need to make this just keep it as the game yeah i watched the show first and oh, then i played the game that's very interested how did you find that kind of I maybe it's because I played the game later that when I look back on the show, I didn't have issue with the show adapting the way it did. And I know the the biggest critique I see from people is like there wasn't enough infected. And what I say to that is, look, when you're playing a game, you you're playing a game, and if you die, (laughs) you start back. We can't have. 50 infected chasing Ellie and Joel every freaking episode. It'll mm-hmm. get boring. Then the plot armor is going to get stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene that, you know, the last episode, um, they get to the hospital, spoiler alert. But in the game, you have to go through this massive tunnel. Mm-hmm. Remember with the water yeah. and all that stuff. And it's, can you imagine that in the show? Be like, Come on, they're not gonna survive that. Yeah. So that's my retort to be like, it can't be realistic. I think the show said we're going to focus on the relationship and the mm-hmm. characters, and then yeah. that threat is gonna be lingering all the time, which sometimes is scarier. So we'll see. I mean, I know that the second game I loved more than the first. Me too. The, the story was mm. I couldn't believe it. And yeah. I think there's going to be like Twitter hellstorm because there's going to be, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. And um, there's going to, to the switch of characters and you're, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what is this shit? Yeah. You see what happens with it. <laughs> Here we go. Game of Thrones again. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I tell people trust the process. And, and the mm-hmm. second game is so massive that I did read that um, Craig Mason said that it's going to be, multiple seasons to do part two of the game they have to it's just too big there's way too many characters but yeah Mm. that's that was my uh retort to the no infected (laughs) did you ever watch the session at all oh yeah of course i did i was just remembering all these shows i was like yeah i think i binged it to catch up with knowing that this was the last season so i watched all of the four seasons i think it was um this year uh, it took me a while to get into it, but I I still don't re- know half the jargon. They talk about, you know, all the business terms. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't really matter in some ways. Like, you know, it's kind of the family dynamics. But uh, I loved it. I loved it. It's a TV show. I think it ends really well. It's exactly how it, I wanted it to end. Yeah, it's <laughs> you. It, it's just so I find it crazy that Matthew McFadden Matthew McFadden I and I just re I just watched Pride and Prejudice and I go <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so yeah good. I mean he's so the whole cast is just so top tier everybody's in their prime everybody is just like 
hearing Culkin, I'm like, what is this character? By the end, you're like sympathizing with I'm like, I'm yeah. sympathizing with this freaking weirdo. Yeah. And Brian Cox. Yeah, I, I think it was a 10 out of 10 that fourth season. Uh let me let me ask you another one. The bear. Did you watch the bear? I've still not watched the bear. Okay. No, everyone talks about it. I'm like, I'll get around to it. Have you seen Boiling Point? Was Stephen Graham, I think his name is. I've seen the film, yeah, and I know I've they've been... made a TV series. I think the first episode's out. Or okay, more. so it's kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> mixing uncut gems. Oh God, sounds like <laughs> stress and anxiety. It's stress, super stressful. Um, oh, but yeah, it's it's just it's all performances are, are all amazing. So I definitely recommend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to be in the right mindset, I think, to watch that one. Okay, so. Here's the last question I got from a listener, Cinematic Nerd 00. Ask, what's an objectively bad movie that is a guilty pleasure for you both? Like, you know, it's horrible, but you're like, you know what? I love it. <laughs> it's have hard. You your, huh? Have you got your answer? I've, there's one movie that's, it's called Salsa, the movie from 1988. Yeah. Uh, there was a band called Menudo with ricky martin anyway so uh they, one of the the singers was the star of the movie the the acting is god awful <laughs> the storyline is awful but the music it's all about the music for me that's the only reason I'll, I'll watch it and then also it brings me back to when i was like 10 years old and watching yeah. it in my room with my friends and just having fun probably like a few rom-coms you know the sort of early 2000s i'm trying to think I think confessions of a shopaholic do you remember that film <laughs> i've heard the title who's in who's in that oh it's um isla fisher um the australian actress married to sasha baron cohen yes married to bora <laughs> i know yeah. that yes yeah um i think love interest is is it hugh dancy who's in the hannibal series and stuff mm. um yeah it's just a really bad like very of the time film like I'm a sucker for like a noughties rom-com. Um, mm. I think because I watch them at sleepovers with friends. Um, but that one's just, it's very like, probably really backwards, I imagine, in terms of like some kind of feminism because she's a shopaholic and all this. But I don't know, any kind of noughties film like that. Yeah, it pulls me in. Or like a Nicholas Sparks film, like uh, one of those. Yeah. Like The Notebook, The Last Song, like any of those kind of films i'm looking it up and it's uh music by james newton howard that's a big time composer oh, wow. right there there you go let, let's guess <laughs> let's let me see if you can guess the rotten tomato score on it all right don't Ooh. look it up what do, what do you think 45 it's at 27 oh <laughs> imdb is at 5.8 out of 10 oh, so that's a good pick yeah <laughs> uh, i'm sure I think... someone will write into you and say they love it as well Oh yeah, see, so I saw the movie has a twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes. It's mm, very similar. one point lower in IMDb. That was at four point eight IMDb. Wow! <laughs> I'll send you a, a little clip of it just so you can yeah, see. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I think, like I said, the music is great, but just like, mm. oh my god, it's, it's, it's so awful. Sorry, it's come to the point of the podcast where I'm going to put you under the real spotlight, and I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions, and just anything that pops up. Okay. okay, that's Let's do it. first one. Who would you want playing you in the movie of your life and who's directing? I mean, I guess I kind of look like her in some ways, but my instinct was Phoebe Waller-Bridge. 
you know, who's in Fleabag, definitely oh, yeah. be me. Amazing, yeah. Um, oh, but then directing, do we go down like a comedy tone or like something? Yeah, yeah, like what genre do you want? Like you, you think you want that comedy, R-rated comedy style that she brings to her, <laughs> to the screen. Yeah, I, yeah, I think... Not to get deep, but I think like, I think the dark comedy could kind of work for my life. And then... I mean, she can even direct it herself because she's a writer yeah. and a director. Or maybe get her partner, who's Martin McDonough, get okay. him to direct it. So I think that would work. You know, after seeing Banshees last year, I think that could work. Yeah, let's let's go with the couple pairing. That's yeah. That, um, oh, can you imagine him directing her? Oh, oh that's great. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's perfect. Uh, second question: The world is ending tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What is your last meal? Ooh. See, I'm vegetarian. I'm like, would I cheat and have some meat? Probably. You would have to. Come on. It's your <laughs> last meal on earth. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do miss like chicken. So I'd probably have like a nice big roast dinner that we have here in the UK. Okay. You know, nice roast chicken, lots of potatoes, gravy, peas. So good. And what are you drinking? Mm. You're I drinking like a wine or... Tea? Uh, an iced tea, yeah. Oh, iced tea, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'm not like the most British answer. A roast dinner and a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said a cup of tea. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, all right, third question. Who would be your dream guest to interview on your YouTube channel? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I Instinct would be um, Jake Gyllenhaal. He's like one oh. of my favorite actors, and I've just asked him. 100 questions and i think i've seen so many of his interviews like he's so open and yeah, likable like funny and... yeah yeah i think that'd be great so if i visited the uk this is the fourth question mm-hmm. what is the first place you would have me visit um don't go to london that's where everyone else all the tourists go don't go there i would maybe say go somewhere like york uh which is a kind of the like the buildings are all like wibbly wobbly shaped and okay. it looks like harry potter like if you're a fan of that it looks like kind of the diagon alley kind of thing it's got ghost tours it's got vikings uh there's great food there uh it's like it's quite rural as well so you mm. get a bit of everything a city and the countryside so i'm I'm assuming london is just like a tourist trap because the, all the oh, yeah. price the prices are way way higher yeah i would never I mean, I've done like the touristy things when I was a child. You go to the London Eye, you go to Big Ben, whatever, and you see tourists every time I go to London. Whereas I would try and go off the beaten track, maybe go to like some smaller areas of London, yeah. a bit further out. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I it's mean, the only. Overrated. I mean, if I had a lot of time there, I would just go to say I was there, but mm. I would be <laughs> frugal with money. Be like, I'm not going to spend this much on this because when I have. When I go back to New York City, mm. and especially when the kids were growing up, okay, we're going to go places. I never, you know, growing up there, I avoid tourist traps. I mm. hate them. Yeah. But sometimes they, oh, I want to see the Rockefeller tree. Yeah. And then you go at the end of December, and there's like a sea of humanity there trying to mm. walk. And you're like, everybody's looking up. They're not actually walking. Yeah, you know, because if you live, you just walk straight and you get to where you need to get to. And I go, all right, you're gonna see this tree. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> or like I tell people, don't go to Times Square. It is a waste of time. Yeah. Don't do it. Here's where you can go. Like I try to tell people to visit these little spots where you can see the city and enjoy it without having to be, uh, you know, 
walking sideways to get mm-hmm. somewhere. I had friends who were in the city and I was in the city at the same time. I said, hey, let me just take you out to some places where you can go. It's always busy everywhere, but mm-hmm. it's New Yorkers there. <laughs> I imagine the same thing in London. It's just like you see people from everywhere on the planet just trying to get pictures and, and mm-hmm. just like, like I said, I would want to go just to see it, but I wouldn't yeah. like stay there. Yeah, do it for I would want to be. I would yeah, say, yeah. yeah. And then go go. Up. There's lots of great cities around the UK, and they're, they're, like say, are cheaper, less tourists. Um, yeah, there's a lot to see. Got it. All right. So last question, and this is the most important one. And okay, okay so if you say yes, I am going to stop this recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do pineapples belong on pizza? This is tricky because when I used to eat meat. I would. I like a Hawaiian pizza. The ham and the pineapple. You like? Yeah, like the salty okay. and the sweet. I get yeah. it. I love salt and sweet. Um, but now, as a vegetarian, I'm gonna say no because okay. I can't have the saltiness with like it can't be really imitated. So yeah, yeah, say no. All right, folks. You know my stance. I think it should be against the law, and <laughs> uh, it hurts me that my wife likes it, and it pains me that I have to like order like. Can I get half of pineapple? Mm. <laughs> but make sure none of the pineapple goes to the other side. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> there was that question. Actually, speaking of food questions, um, let me ask you something. Because since you're from the UK, and I forgot oh. to ask Kieran this last, last time. I saw a podcast. I think they're Australian. And they like to talk. I forgot the name of it. Sometimes they're funny. And sometimes they just irritate me. So they were talking about how they found out Americans don't put butter on their on their <laughs> sandwiches. And I go, why is this a topic? Anyway, I put up a story and I'm like, uh, we don't do that. Like, I don't do that. Like, people use mayonnaise or mustard or, or other condiments too. I will use butter when it comes to like a, like, I don't like cream cheese. Mm. So I... When I have a bagel, if it's plain, I'll just put some butter on it. That's the only time I use butter. Okay. Uh, but do you put butter on your bread or any kind of sandwich? A hundred percent. Okay. Always, <laughs> everyone puts butter on bread. Um, but is yeah. it is it the only thing you have, or you add more condiments? You would add other other condiments on it. Okay. So if you had like a, a ham salad sandwich, you'd put butter on the bread your ham, your lettuce, and then you'd put like mayonnaise or whatever on okay. top of it as well. Always yeah, put do. butter on bread. Okay. <laughs> do you know uh, Kim Cinema Escape? I don't know if you follow her. Maybe. Oh yeah, I do follow Kim. I've just looked. So I had her and then I had Kim Flub both DM me. Mm. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> this is something. And I go, okay, I'll just... The, the reason why I was a little peed off is because the way they presented it in the podcast in their show, like, oh, they're so stupid. Like <laughs> stuff like that. I guess, you know, I wouldn't tell you, Sarah, you don't put this on your sandwich. Ugh, these these British people, I swear. Yeah. Like I wouldn't do that. It's just the way they said it that kind of pissed me off. But anyway, <laughs> I sent uh, Kim a, a video. So I showed her a video of myself. Yeah, I'm gonna. Sh- I-, I found some crackers here. So these type, they're called soda crackers. Okay. Yeah. I I wanted to give you a visual aid since you know crackers okay. and cookies are so different. So I take them. They they come in a sleeve like this. Mm-hmm. I I take 
these crackers and I crushed them yeah. and I put them inside my coffee and I get a spoon and eat it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so is that crazier than putting beans on toast? <laughs> They're not even the same thing. <laughs> I know, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> oh yeah, I love beans on toast. So I good. saw that years back actually. It wasn't like it wasn't like I found that out now. But I think it was an Anthony Bourdain uh special when he did his first shows back in the day and he went to London and they had it and I'm like what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be something that is it like a snack that you had when you were a kid? Oh yeah, were... it's like it's like it's like an easy dinner. Um, okay. so you can, you can get like you get like tin spaghetti right like uh alphabeti spaghetti <laughs> okay so it's, uh, it's this is so weird to say it's like <laughs> pasta shaped as letters or it's like little strands of like tiny spaghetti yeah they're like chef already <laughs> what yeah, is like a can of spaghetti on, yeah 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 and you have it on toast um but beans on toast is good beans gives you lots of protein for those muscles um you put some great cheese on there that makes it nice and it all melts uh, a bit of pepper it's lovely do you yeah. put any spices on the beans uh... yeah i'd put a bit of, maybe a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper um but no no might... like like hot spice like hot uh i wouldn't personally but okay. i've seen people put hot sauce on baked beans before okay um but yeah i'd say i'd have baked beans once every fortnight got it in my adult life <laughs> i would that's something that i would try but i have to be there yeah, like I wouldn't do it like experience. yeah I'm not gonna do it here in my house but alright I'm gonna do it yeah, yeah yeah. so I mean because I, I'm assuming there's a different style of bread over there and then we get here and it's for me it's bread is so important mm -hmm. and you have to make sure you have the right kind but anyway yeah. there's so many things that food wise that everybody does in every country and you're like what <laughs> yeah. so yeah but anyway yeah I just wanted to ask about that and then we're going to stop there with the beans on toast question. Um, what a way to end it. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, Sarah, why don't you let them know where they can find you on your any all the platforms you have? Yeah. The best place to find me for content is on YouTube. You can find me under the name Popcorn Chat for any latest film reviews. Instagram's probably next port of call under Sarah's Popcorn Chat. Popcorn chat on Letterboxd. I'm S Popcorn Chat on Twitter. Like if you type in that Sarah's Popcorn Chat, I'm gonna come yeah, up somewhere. It's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure to follow all of her platforms. I'll put the links on the podcast, of course. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. It was great here. Had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, it's been great coming on, chatting about, you know, Scorsese to beans on toast. <laughs> We'll definitely have you on in the future, and I can't wait. And again, make sure to follow Sarah there, and then uh, I'll send you those clips of the movies oh, yeah. and of the Tootsie Rolls. Amazing. <laughs> All right, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Spotlight. It would be greatly appreciated if you save, download, follow the pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whichever app you use to listen to your podcast. To follow the podcast on Instagram, Go to the underscore real spotlight. There in the bio is all the info for all the socials. I do host another podcast with the Arab Khaleesi called Dancing with Dragons, where we talk all things Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. So if you're a fan of the book and shows, feel free to listen. Thanks again for stopping by the real spotlight. And until next time, peace out.